yeah, it's one of the biggest pieces I've ever made. And, but the journey to get there took so long. I went through about four different prototypes of trying to get the shape right. Because at first she said she wanted an anatomical heart. And then I was trying and trying to do that at that scale. And that this was new for me. It was, this project was very intimidating actually, because I haven't worked that big. Usually when I record these introductions, I listen to a little bit and, you know, recall and give you a little snippet. But today we have Kristen Horde. She's a woman metal worker. You know, a woman in a man's world. But here's the difference. She embodies the feminine power. That power that we are so adamant that all women can harness and elevate. And she's an artist making spectacular beautiful metal works. I'm going to own one of those very soon. There's so much content in this podcast, I couldn't stop listening to get this recorded. You are going to love this. Welcome to the Art Infused Life Podcast. I'm Dawn Beauvais, a soulful light illuminating my innermost emotions with intuitive abstract art. I'm also a nurse practitioner focusing on addiction medicine and mental health wellness. And I'm Lynn Mazzolini. I'm a sensitive intuitive painter of feminine expression and I'm a chemistry professor with a fascination for the technical aspects of art materials. This podcast explores the emotional elements behind art and the art making process. Our intention is to inspire you and elevate your life with the unspoken power of art. We'll be here weekly. Now let's get started. We're here with Kristen Horde today, and I saw her art on social media. And I was immediately drawn to it. It's just so unique and different that I knew we had to have her on here. I'm not going to say anything more. I want you to explain it. So go ahead. Hey, um, thank you guys for having me on. This is so fun. I love it. <laughs> um, I love talking about art and especially with other artists, right? Because we all understand each other so well. And so, uh, yeah, I am a, a metal artist. I, uh, I use uh, a lot of recycled metals in my work. Um, so my favorite thing is I go to scrapyards and look through the cast-offs from, you know, society that are just going to go be melted down. And I look and I go, how, you know, what can I do with this? Uh, how can I make a piece of art with this? And um, my yard is full of scrap metal. So I have a, a many canvases to work from. <laughs> and um, I have uh, a shop in my garage with welders, plasma cutters, drill presses, grinders. Um, you know, I love it when the guys from the neighborhood come over and they're like, whoa, you know, you got more tools than me. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. And, um, so, uh, and I, I add, uh, LED lighting to a lot of the pieces because I like to play with light 
and see, you know, how, how it might cast shadows or how the lighting might change the piece. So you have a piece of art and then at night when you turn the lights on, it's, you know, it transforms into something else. And, um, I use a lot of grinding techniques on the metal, um, and sometimes they create like holographic effects and then you turn the lights on and you get even more um, from that. So um, I love that part of it. And I've also, you know, I've been doing this for about 22 years and I um, started out just really not knowing what I was doing at all and didn't even have a style or, or any of that, you know. And so I've moved through a lot of different phases. and. Um, and I, I really like the phase that I'm in now, but, um, and, and a big reason is I started adding color about, um, probably six or seven years ago. Um, there's all kinds of metal dyes that you can, you can get and use, um, on the metal. And, um, so now I'm obsessed with color. And then I also just, um, in the past couple of years started to get into, um, uh, alcohol inks on the metal um okay. as well so um because my metal dyes that i use i'm kind of limited in colors and then with alcohol ink it's like forget it the, the you know it's it it's unlimited possibilities so how do you get the alcohol ink to i mean maybe you would know this lynn you're a chemist to stay on the metal so with alcohol inks they don't work on canvas because they soak into canvas. Um, and so they work on glass. Um, a lot of people use, use glass or they put paint on canvas. But with metal, it, it doesn't soak into the surface. Um, and so, you know, you add more alcohol and then you move it around with, you know, a hairdryer or whatever. Um, and then I just have to seal it. That's, you know, and, and I've, um, the other thing I do with a lot of my work is I use resin on top of it. So I seal it first with UV stuff, the alcohol ink with, um, and then, um, I put resin over it cause I love the effect of the resin and the, um, you get a glass, you know, a three-dimensional look to it. Um, but I also, um, bring stuff to a powder coater and, uh, have them do a clear coat over it. So they take the piece, they bake it, they spray on a powder, and it bakes in the the coating. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I use a couple different coatings for for all of my color because I do patinas too. So that's the chemical. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't tell you how it works. Maybe one can. <laughs> yeah, changing the oxidation. Yeah, the it's acid. Yeah. On the, basically oxidizing the surface which is not easy to do by the way i um i had a piece of copper uh one time and i thought it would be really cool to patina it and i was following all these recipes and i was just probably too impatient so i was just making a mess yeah yeah i actually um i buy all of my patinas from a guy who was an artist and turned to a chemist it's it's amazing that all his line of products are, um, and are, you know, you can use them on ceramics, um, and, and metal and it's, you can, you can get 
several different colors of copper. You know, you can get the green tinge um, or you can get more of a blackened copper. Um, there's um, they have a chemical that turns um, steel to rust like immediately. Um, and um, so they've figured out the formulas. So I just order those. Um, nice. But, so, yeah. Because um, I just, I want that instant gratification, right? <laughs> I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to like, it's that they're an experiment with, with the, you know, all the different chemicals and make sure, you know, I want to make sure it works. And you still, even with those, you still have to, you know, play with it. And one thing about like the copper, I have a, I want to say it's, called copper sulfate i'm not sure the exact name but you have to wait overnight for it to turn the copper green hmm. so it's kind of fun you spray it on and come back the next morning and then it's you know got all kinds um you know gradients up the green so maybe you're right you didn't wait long enough yeah i also think the copper that i had because it was a prepared surface for painting i think it was it was treated or coated well, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. You need raw. Yeah. So a lot of times the stuff that I get from the scrap yard, because I get copper there um, because it's cheap <laughs> and um, it's, ama it's amazing what people throw away. It really blows me away. Um, and um, so I grind it first. So I get anything off, you know, that could potentially be on it. Um, to get it down to the bare raw metal. I do that with steel too, because steel sometimes comes with a coating on it. Um, and then I have to actually put that into a vat of vinegar first to get rid of the coating. And then I grind it and then I'm able to put my colors on it. What a process. Yeah, yeah. It's How did you get started in this? I mean, what drew you to this type of... <laughs> Art. Well, I used to buy art, metal art, and I'd go to art. I loved going to the street festivals, you know, the, the art and wine festivals. And I, there was a woman there who I bought several pieces. I still have them of metal art. And, um, and then there was a woman at work who took a metal class and I was very jealous of her. Um, but the, the real story is that I had someone who, um, was very psychic just you know and she i was talking to her she'd never been to my house and she goes hey i've seen metal sculptures in your you know aura she's like i see all these metal sculptures around you and i said yeah i've got them well eventually when she had come to the house she goes this is not what i see I, that's not what i saw and she said you need to go take a metal class because i see your sculptures yeah, wow. I'd never done any art before. I, I, it was funny. I, I'm surrounded by artists. I always dated artists and, you know, um, and my mom is a very creative person. And when we were kids, she would always have us doing really, you know, fun things here, you know, have your birthday party and have everyone make their own little cakes, you know, and she had the craft room and, stuff like that. And so I was always surrounded by that creativity. But um, when I went and I took that first metal class, I, I just was, it was like, I, a whole new world opened up for me. Um, and it was, it was really hard for me to 
believe I was an artist, you know, um, that, that I could do this. And, and I was working full time and what I ended up doing because I just fell in love with this, I bought a bunch of equipment. So I bought a welder, I bought a plasma cutter and I had nowhere really to work. I had it on my patio and I would run a giant cord, like, you know, an inch in diameter through my living room and unplug my stove and plug the cord in and do my welding and plasma cutting out on this oh, patio. Wow. Which is totally dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And um and at that point I I I was just obsessed with the medium. And then I was going, I was in the Bay Area of California and I was going to all these um scrapyard places and buying up metal, you know, and just trying to find my voice in it all. But I realized I couldn't continue on like this at, at this in this condo patio situation. And so I found this house that I'm in now that has a two and a half car garage. So I really bought the house for the garage <laughs> so I could do art. That's awesome. Priority. I mean, it had some other, you know, it had some other uh, obviously good elements, but that was my requirement was yeah. a studio space. And it's giant. The guy used to work on cars. And so it's two and a half cars. There's a bathroom, you know, um, and and it opens up to the alley so I can, you know, bring in stuff and take it out. It's it's perfect. I, I don't think I can ever move. <laughs> um, yeah, really cool. So I wanted to ask you to expand a little bit on the label uh, artist, because. I think that is something that a lot of people really struggle with. You know, we just have this idea that artists have to have, I don't know, some sort of innate talent that, you know, can't be learned um, from a class. And so if we learn, somehow we're taking a shortcut. And so we must be like, I don't know, an imposter or something. Right. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely felt like that when I started out, um, you know, and. Also, I wasn't, I didn't have a purpose. Like, you know, I didn't have a set. I was just experimenting with so many things. And so I didn't really have a voice. And I think that was, I think that was hard um, because, and this was before, like 22 years ago, the whole art marketing concept, you know, that, that is out there now, there, that, what, that did not exist. And so, um, I just didn't know anything, you know, I, I knew intuitively though, that I needed to have a voice, you know, I needed to come out with, with like a body of work that was cohesive. And I think that was hard because I was just experimenting. So I did not have that, mm. you know, and I think also, um, I remember what I was doing was I was cutting these kind of heads like look like Picasso heads. And I did my first art show. I, it was a women's show, um, in, in San Francisco. And so there's like 200 women there. And these women have been doing this for years. Right. And I had my little pegboard panels and my display was anything but professional. And I walked around there and I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I was, um, embarrassed, you know, but I actually had sales, you know, which was, which was 
helped to boost my confidence, you know, but, um, I, so, so that's, that was another thing where I, I struggled, you know, but the fact that I got in, it was a jury show that I got into the jury show helped to validate me, mm-hmm. you know, and it's too bad that I needed that for validation, you know, because I think you could, people can do art for years and never sell a thing. I mean, my mom made quilts and, you know, um, sewed. She never sold one thing and she was an artist. And um, so, so selling is not a validation um, at all. Yeah. And so I think as I found more of my voice, then I started to believe that I was an artist. I want to touch upon two things. One, uh, it's something that Lynn and I both live by and we've been taught by our mentor is um, say yes. Just say yes. You know, do do the hard things, do the scary things. Um, You don't have to know everything and have it all planned out before you start doing it. Right. So it was a really important key that I heard you say. And the other thing you started to touch upon, but uh, didn't elaborate, is, you know, our whole premise of this uh, podcast is art-infused life. And, uh-huh. and I heard it without you saying it. You started doing it, and something just changed. Like, you had to do it. Yeah. yeah. And... So how does, I guess what I'm trying to say is, can you elaborate on the importance of this for your life? Yeah, it, it's, so I think to, to answer the kind of that first part is what happened to me is I, I transformed and you, ta- you talked a little bit about the, you know, the, whatever the neural pathways that yeah. shifted for me and and it it was like when i started doing this um i couldn't stop thinking about it i i still can't i lay in bed and i you know i wake up in the morning and i the ideas are flowing you know and nagging me <laughs> and and it's sometimes i feel like i'm a puppet for you know, whatever this is. I don't know if it's the muse, the universe, you know, Um, but it's like, I'm just, they're pulling strings and I have to do these things and I have to get them out. It's such an urge. Um, And, um, and it is, it just fills me up with energy um, and inspiration and life. And um, it's interesting. I'm, we're doing this right now because I was in a, a a slump. Like I wasn't getting that spark for the past couple months and then it's back now, but that happens too, you know? Um, and so the, the other thing is I'm a multitasker. I'm a very busy person. I have a million things going on. And when I sit down to do art, it's like, I, I get lost in it and I'm truly in the moment. You know, um, it's, it's one of the few times except for if I actually sit down to meditate and even then, right. When you're meditating, the lights are, or the ideas, the thoughts are going, but when I'm doing art, 
it's like I'm just in it. And then I can, six hours will go by. You know, I won't drink water. I won't go to the restroom. <laughs> um, you know, I can't, I can't stop. Right. And so I love that feeling of just being in the moment. And then there's times, which is so strange when I finish a piece and I'm looking at it and I feel almost like, wait, did I look around? Did, did I make that? Because there's something else going on. I don't even know if I'm describing it that well, but it's, it's like, yeah, I'm in it and I'm in the moment. But then when it's finished, it's almost like it's miraculous because <laughs> it's like, wow, I did that, you know, and, and it's fun. Cause I, I do the art shows, the street shows that, you know, the art and wine festivals. And I have a big giant truck, um, uh, you know, U-Haul truck that I bring all the pieces and they're, they may be in the truck for a while. And then I go put them out at the art show. I'm like, Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, that one's pretty good. You know? And, um, so that's a whole new <clears throat> kind of feeling, right. You know, that's um, awesome. I, I think that is the flow state, what you're describing. Yeah. That's just a amazing feeling. And I get that too. Sometimes I'm not, um, I've, I've probably not as proficient, um, in my skill yet. So it's hard for me to stay in flow, but mm -hmm. with 20 years of experience, you're probably very easily, you know, getting into the flow state, which is amazing. Yeah. And it doesn't always, you know, there's sometimes I go into the studio and I accomplish so much and, th and that's also like, wow, how did I do all that in that short time? And then there's times I'm in there for six hours and it's like, what did I do? You know, so yeah. it's always the flow, you know, right. I have what I call the set aside shelf um, and, uh -huh. you know, I'll be working on maybe three paintings and. I'm like, oh, God, that's not good. Oh, this one's not. Set it aside, put it on the shelf, and yeah. then, you know, I'll bring it out later, and yeah. then it all comes together. Yeah. But I I totally relate to, you know, go, 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 go. But when you're doing art, you have to be still. And, you know, I am a go, 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 go person. But after my son died, it was really bad. Like I couldn't be still. Uh -huh. That's where all the pain was. And when I found art was the first time in a long time that I could be still and really soak up that peace and serenity and feel good. So I'm like you, I, I can't be without it. It's my therapy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. I, I had to go take care of my mom for three um, months in Portland. And um, she was, you know, in her late 90s. And, and with my sister, my sister um, had to go away. And so I was like, I can't sit here for three months and not do anything. And that's when I found the alcohol ink. And I, I found a metal place there. I got just a bunch of small sheets cut for me. I bought a grinder, you know, and then I started playing with the alcohol inks. And it was like, I have to do something. And I was obsessed with it, like, you know, figuring out things and 
I've used vinyl as, as, um, you know, as, as masking and, and things like that. And so I figured out all these things over that three months. And because I had to do something, even though I didn't have my tools, I mean, it's hard for me to take my art with me anywhere because, you know, it's very tool based. Um, yeah. but, I, but I was able to do it. And then I found this whole new world. And it was very hard taking care of my mom because she was, you know, had dementia and, um, mm. you know, I was there alone. And, you know, so um, that was such a good reprieve. And even I had, I got her to sit down with me, you know, and play a little bit because that helped with the dementia, you know, because she wasn't doing her her art anymore after, you know, when when things set in. And so. um so that was like the, the alcohol link. That's really special to me because of that time with my mom and stuff. But I, yeah, I, I just have to, to always have that available to me, you know, something, even if it's a notebook, writing down ideas, you know, because it's constant. I'm constantly thinking, I have so many ideas coming at me that sometimes I'm like, okay, shut up universe. <laughs> You're throwing too much at me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, sometimes I worried about my works being a little bit too much in different processes. So as a painter, um, that probably sounds <clears throat> like a weird thing, but I was just really drawn to like certain materials and then certain other materials and I kind of switch it up a lot. And I think that's a normal thing to do in the first few years, um, as you also described. But I started to think that maybe my art was looking like it was being done by different people or maybe yeah. really like maybe people could see that my influence was really switching around. And then I had a chance to talk with a, yeah. um, an academic artist who, you know, has just been immersed in art for her entire um let's say adulthood. And she said, Oh no, I can see this is you. And I can see this is you. And there's a common thread here and how you lay down the paint. And mm. that just released so much of the stress and worry about my, you know, style changing too much because something of, of me is still in all these pieces, even if I use a different medium. And that's probably true for you as well. Like yeah. you, you you're doing very big sculptures or maybe you're doing smaller sculptures. And I'm sure there's a thread in all of that that people can see that it's coming from you. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, it's it's interesting because as a woman, I feel like my art, you know, it's, this is a masculine, has been a masculine field um, in the past. And um, it's been fun to even around here um, see a bunch of metal, you know, female metal sculptors come come into play. But I can look at a piece of metal and and tell a lot of times a piece of art and tell if it's a man or a woman um, that's made it. Because I do think my work still has a feminine feel to it. You know, there's a, there's a, um, even though it's metal, there's a delicateness to it. And so... Um, I like that aspect that you can, you can feel that it's a woman, even though people walk into, they might walk into my, you know, my booth at an art show and go, did you make all this? You know, it's like, they don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. 
Can you describe that feminine look to the art? Is it in the curvature of the metal or is it in like the high precision of the welds or is it colors or or what is it? I think even though it's metal, I feel like because people a lot of times are like, what is this media? You know, and it's light, you know, because it's practicality sometimes, too, because I got to carry this stuff around. Right. Um, and so I think the my work is light, you know, and and because I use the resin, a lot of people think it's glass, too, a lot of times. Um, but I do think it's the lines, um, you know, even in in my, um, you know, my really um, the art that I that I design, you know, where I'm doing seahorses or mermaids or, you know, it's it's very literal. It's it's light and um and i think the colors i use too are i i'm just using really bright colors and um that may be a stereotype but i think that that it makes it feel feminine you know all of the bright colors um and um and i use um, a lot of i have about 10 grinders they're called angle grinders and you can put different heads on them, you know, so a soft, a softer head or a harder head. And I use those to to make designs and textures. And I think that part is very feminine as well. You know, the grinding pieces, you know, and I incorporate a lot of hearts. You know, I, I, I have a steampunk line and I do some boudoir hearts you know where i've got pictures of old like 1920s women and kind of you know they're you know kind of um in you know they're not nudes or anything but you know and then i add a bunch of things like old victorian boots and um jewelry and you know um corsets and things like that so very cool yeah. Cool. <clears throat> I want to let's go back to before you started doing art. How would you describe the change in you? I mean, was there something that pushed you into it or, um, you know, mental health wise? I don't know. I remember oh, she said yeah, she was jealous of another person that took a metalworking class. Yeah. Jealousy is always a clue. Yeah, yeah, there was. I, she would come into work and show me the stuff she made. And I was just like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And I think I, when she was doing that, there was no way at that moment I could give myself permission to do something like that. I think I was really driven by work. I was working 56 hours a week, 50, 60, you know, and um, that was all I did was work. M maybe I got a little bit into gardening, which is another creative thing, I think. But I was working. So I was like, oh, I can't, I can't take time to, to do anything so frivolous. Right. That was like my mindset. And and then I, w I think going back to, you know, I was jealous that she allowed herself to do that. You know, and I think it was almost like when that woman said that to me about, you know, seeing these sculptures, 
it gave me permission. Like, um, and that really changed it. It's like, um, and, and when I started, when I took my first class, I was in the Bay Area. I had to drive an hour in traffic to get there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was far. Yeah. There, once I started there, I was not missing that for anything. I didn't, you know, it was like I started that. And so I think just that first class too was, was huge, you know, and, and I loved the exercises they gave you. They, they had a huge pile of scrap metal and they were like, go make a face, you know, in space. That's your first assignment. Um, and that was really transforming. And I came out with this funny looking face, you know, and then the other assignment was go pick one piece of metal and make something out of it. And the rules are you can cut it all up, but you can't add anything to it. And you can't, you have to use all of it, all the pieces. Hmm. So I, I took a long tube, like it was like three feet long, about five or six inches in diameter. And I had to figure out what do I do with this thing? And so I cut it all up. It was kind of abstract. I made a planter out of it. And then I put it back together. And so that expanded me. So, so that's if, you know, people are listening. Oh, I've always wanted to try, you know, ceramics. Go take a class because it will expand your mind, you know, and you might find, oh, I don't like ceramics. You know, it's too sticky or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's like, oh, I've wanted to do glass blowing. I know people that have taken glass blowing classes, you know, go take a class um, because it's something, you know, you can do a quick workshop, three or four hours. It's not time consuming. Um, if there's any little thing you're interested in, because um, I think that was really transforming. And then I took, I don't know how many, five or six other classes from from that place. <laughs> um and and I can't tell you how many people walk up to me and go, do you teach? Because I want to learn to weld. Um, and I don't because I'm not really in a, a position from, you know, an insurance standpoint. But I send people um, places to learn to weld. Um, well, there's so many different facets that you can choose. I mean, some of us like to teach. Some of us want to produce the art. You know, some of us want to write books. Uh, I mean, there's so many different directions you can go. And to know internally what you don't want is very a very strong, clear message. Uh, sometimes I feel like I want to do all the things. And, <laughs> and I say, let us no, Dawn, you can't do that one. At no, least not now. Not right now. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. I, I bought a bunch of stuff to make jewelry. I bought a kiln to do enameling. Thank God I never bought a ceramic kiln. I was in ceramics for a little bit because I like to mat mix other things with the metal. And doing all the things, I think that's, the, that's another hard thing is how do you, <laughs> you know, where do you focus? Right. Right. It could be really challenging, but um, reeling it in and just, you know, 
what I'm trying to do now is just kind of trying to concentrate on little fragment things at a time, you Mm -hmm. know, and eventually those will grow, but I can't add more to the plate. I've got to nurture the things that are on my plate right now. Yeah. And it can be hard, I think, especially for people that are artistic because, you know, we have that kind of thinking like, oh, oh, that's fun. And and like you said, I have I have thoughts come to me in the middle of the night and then I can't get back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's crazy, you know. Yeah. And and uh, another thing I I wanted to say about the art, like when someone is first starting out. And I tell this to a lot of people. I'm like, just make, sorry, you know, just make the stuff. I hate just, it doesn't matter because, you know, I, trust me, my yard's littered with stuff that did not work out and I've gone back to it and changed it. But from that process of making stuff and looking at stuff and hating it, you know, or making mistakes, you're going to learn and, and you know, I've I've worked full time and I think about where I could be, you know, with my art if I wasn't working full time, too. I mean, I still think I'd come a long way in 20 years. But if, you know, if I had made more mistakes, you know, like um, and so it's just through those that that you're you'll learn. And I think it will spawn more ideas, too. You know, um, I love that. Yeah, I, I just uh, think, just make. Yeah, it's so it's, true. Give it away. <laughs> you have to just give yourself permission to just, you know, mm. put the time in. And um, I hear a saying that I like a lot, like the miles behind the paintbrush. And for you, it's probably the miles behind the torch, I guess. Right. Man. Yeah. But did I hear you say, um, are you still working another job or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, you know, my goal is to retire so I can do this full time. Um, okay. That that was my goal many years ago. <laughs> um, yeah. You know. Well, Don and I also are working full time. And, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's an interesting struggle because, you know, sometimes I think about leaving my job in academia. Um, but then I start to feel like, oh, but there's things that I like about that job and I don't want to give those up yet. And I don't know, maybe it's an identity kind of issue, but it's also, there's a privilege that comes with that additional salary that allows me to invest in the art materials and invest in other things. Absolutely. I, I mean, I also, and I'm really glad you brought that up because then it makes me remember, you know, I have bought so many different LED lighting, um, you know, to experiment. I, you know, it's like, it's given me, it gives me freedom to experiment. You know, I, all that stuff, you know, I'm, I'm going through my studio and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get rid of some of this stuff. You know, the, the jewelry, that stuff's not cheap and I'm not using it, but it, it, but it gave me the opportunity to explore it, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because I did have that salary and, and there's also, even though I like to sell my art, you know, um, I'm, I, it's not like I won't eat if I don't sell my art either. So there's some freedom there too. 
you know, it's a double-edged sword, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but I also think that, so I'm, I work for um, a university as well. I don't teach, but that has given me experience to lead teams and I've led teams in my art and project manage and be very, I'm very comfortable on the computer. So all the you know, art, art business stuff I'm, I'm comfortable with, you know, I'm not technophobe. (laughs) So that's, you know, it, it has enhanced it in, you know, in ways. So, um, and I'm, I'm looking for, you know, to retire and then, you know, cause if you're at a university, that's a good, (laughs) um, yeah, I think especially the UC system is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and sometimes too, when I'm like, if I have a show or something, I will work really hard, you know, um, I'll go in there at night and work till midnight or on the weekends. It's almost a relief then to just kind of settle into the day job. Cause what I do is very physical too. the, the art. And, um, you know, so it's like if I, but if I'm working and I, my ideas are bugging me, then I'm itching to get in the studio, you know, so it's like this, um, I feel like I have two kind of, um, you know, sides to me that, you know, two, which is sometimes hard to, um, reconcile a little bit, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that because I was just writing my artist statement for a show that I have going on. And um, I decided that it's really a question of balance because some of these things cannot be reconciled. Mm-hmm. There there are two sides of of me as well. And I'm starting to think that there's two sides of everybody. And our magic sauce, you know, is something some fusion of those things and that's what makes us unique i mean if we were all doing exactly the same things and we all didn't have like some extra thing then i don't know we're just going to be a little bit more robotic i think well and the world wouldn't be as interesting exactly and and i do i think everyone is creative i do too agreed absolutely everyone whatever it is maybe they're you know, they're writing a computer program or they're coming up with a medical device that's going to save lives. That's all the creative um, juice. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's the underlying um, fabric of life, really, is that creative juice because things don't happen without ideas. Um, you know, everything comes from an idea. And so it's, uh, it, it's, it's essential. And that's why I always, you know, people, I can't tell you how many people I talk to and they're just like, they're like I was, oh no, I can't, I can't take time to take an art class, you know? And I'm just like, do it, just do it. You know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever you're interested in. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it does. It's relaxing. It's you get endorphins from it. Uh, it's healing. It's absolutely, so absolutely creates new pathways in the brain. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I listen to a song. I 
uh, that I hadn't been able to listen to in a long time because I associated it with a funeral. Mm -hmm. And I listened to it today, and it was actually uh, the Beatles' uh, Revolution. Oh. And um, we played that at Brad's um, showing. And, you know, I'm thinking about all the transformations that are taking place in my life right now, and they're good things really good things, you know, uh, in the art business, just some phenomenal things are taking place. And I, um, put some pictures up on social media with that song revolution. And, um, I guess for the first time in a long time, I actually was having happy tears with that song. Oh, that's wonderful. And, you know, that's what art does for me, Uh you know? creates those new pathways allows for healing um and it's really powerful Mm -hmm. well yeah and just looking at art you know going to to look at it in in different forms too you know i mean i i have you guys ever heard of meow wolf um there's one at santa fe uh las vegas and denver and it's it's basically a warehouse full of interactive art installations. Wow. And I went there a couple of weeks ago and that was really inspiring. You know, mm-hmm. so there's, there's just different, you know, you don't have to go to a museum necessarily. Right. You know, that Van Gogh thing that was going around. Yeah, uh, oh my gosh, first experience. Yeah. I went to that with, yeah. with my niece and it was like, I didn't want to leave. No. Uh, those, those yeah, immersive experiences are really cool, and it's—I see more of them happening. Mm-hmm. Um, that's inspiring. Yeah. Well, the world needs us. And healing, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, look what that song did for you. Yes. Yeah. So I have a new idea of. You know, this thing of the label, the artist label. And um, I think because my day job is as a scientist and I've been thinking a lot about what is the difference between an artist and a scientist. And then also listening to um, a podcast with these authors who wrote a book, which is called Your Brain on Art, which I highly recommend for people to read. Or listen to. And I started to realize that a scientist is someone who's basically looking for truth through information by making observations. And it's just a way to seek truth. But I also feel like in my art journey, I'm seeking a truth. But it's more about seeking the truth through my senses, all the sensory information Mm -hmm. that I'm picking up Mm -hmm. or I'm putting out and so I feel like what an artist is is somebody who's seeking truth or learning about truth but somehow through the senses you know it could be culinary arts it could be music it could be visual arts etc it could be movement you know all the arts involve our senses Uh Mm uh-huh I love that yeah So I think an artist is somebody who's really 
honing in on the sensory experience and learning about our world through the sensory experience or contributing to the sensory experience of others. Uh-huh. Yeah. What I was going to add is they say that we use what 10% of our brain function. And by infusing that creativity, we're electrifying our brain and using more of it. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I mean, it's true, not even in a way, when we infuse our lives with creativity, it also helps the, the logical analytical side of our brain function better. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And just the, the joy. Yeah. And the bliss that, that comes out of it. And I, uh, what I love about art is, in fact, I was like trying to do my, my, my why again, you know, like, <laughs> and it's like, I forget sometimes, oh, well, I do this because I just, I just love to do it. You know, it, it just brings me so much joy. And then I sometimes forget that, well, actually, when someone buys a piece of my art, it's giving them joy too. I mean, obviously they wouldn't spend money on it if it, if it didn't, you know, give them pleasure. And, um, and then anyone that walks into their home or their office or whatever is getting that too. And it just keeps paying it forward. And so the energy that's putting out into the world is, is miraculous. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's one last question, I think. I don't know. Maybe Dawn has another last question. But I want you to tell us more about the big statues with the fire. Oh, oh, okay. Well, so the piece, the piece that I just finished, um, I think there, there's a picture and some video on my Instagram. And that was a piece. Talk about a journey i started it about four years ago and it is um that it was commissioned and the woman built a custom home in san miguel allende have you guys ever heard of that in mexico that that's a city full of artists it's amazing if you ever know and she built a, a custom home there and she wanted a heart um big heart so the finished piece is about um six feet wide by nine feet tall wow and um yeah it's one of the biggest pieces i've ever made and but the journey to get there took so long i went through about four different prototypes of trying to get the shape right because at first she said she wanted an anatomical heart and then i was trying and trying to do that at that scale and that this was new for me it was this project was very intimidating actually because i haven't worked that big um, and I had to build a frame for it. So finally she was like, no, no, no. I, I, I just wanted a regular shaped heart. Um, but I wanted the tubes, you know, the ventricle tubes coming out of it. So that helped. But the other thing is COVID, right? I didn't do any art during COVID. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't do anything, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it stopped. And, um, so I was supposed to be working on that. And then in the middle of it, I was flying back and forth to Portland to take care of my mom several times. And I just got stuck with that heart so many times. Um, 
And then finally, you know, so my mom um, passed like a year ago and I came home and I, man, I went to town on that thing. So all this journey with my mom is really infused in that part. Uh, mm. And um, the, the idea was it, of the heart was I made the structure and I have all this scrap metal all over my yard. I have aluminum, I have steel, I have copper, and I have all these weird, you know, pieces, doodads of things, rusted saw blades and, and things like that. And so once I got the frame of the heart done, I skinned it. So I basically, um, you know, screwed all these different metals together to um, put a skin on the heart, you know, and I they wanted a clock, so I put a, um, a clock face in it, and um, I filled it with LED lighting um, so that at night, it, <clears throat> you know, the light shines through. I, I left parts open, you know, and I cut holes in metal so that you could see the lighting. I spray painted a bunch of um, silver red because she wanted red in the piece, too. Um, and then I made these ventricles out of tubes. Um, and I hired somebody because this is not my forte and it's very technical. And he plumbed it. So inside of this heart is all this copper tubing. Um, and there's these accumulator tanks. And so what happens is you hook it up to propane. There's a remote control. There's three buttons on it. And you pick which one you want the fire to come out of. And you hit it. And the fire does a giant poof. It's like an explosion. <laughs> uh, and the the woman that I made it for is is pretty wild and crazy, and so um, so she wanted the 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 fire aspect too. But um, and um, so my next thing, like this, this so the piece got shipped, I think, in well <clears throat> January or February to Mexico, and um, they're still trying to install the the propane. <laughs> Um, to it but um it's in place and um so it's just a it's a very special piece um and because you know people have said to me wow that's the best thing you've made um my next step is to do a series of smaller hearts that will go on the wall and each one will have a different you know some sort of a different theme and my goal is to use up a lot of the crap that i've bought <laughs> you know because i bought at one point i bought a bucket full of numbers that were like kind of like dog tag numbers you know so one of the pieces will just be all numbers um and i'm going to do another piece with eyes and so i'm in the process of trying to plan out the series and really i'm i'm going through uh, a workshop where they show you how to plan a, a series you know, because you just, you want to, if you decide you're going to do something, then, um, you know, a, a, a series, it's good to have a plan and not just, you know, okay, I'm going to do 15 at this size. Uh, you know, one's going to be numbers, one's going to be eyeballs, one's going to be whatever, you know, so I'm in that phase right now. So that piece is going to continue to have life um, afterwards. But uh, I went through so many phases with that. I, was I hated it the project and I quit working on it you know because I hated it and I was so frustrated with it 
And then I, I got really far and then I had a problem with the lighting. I had to redo all the light, you know, and there was just these things that were roadblocks. And then when I actually was on the roll, I was really sad it was done. You know, cause yeah. I, I love, I would go in love with it. Yeah. yeah. And then I was really sad. Like, even though it was taking up all this space, like outside my studio, I mean, I, um, I was really sad to see it get on the truck. I mean, I was sad, but happy, you know, that I is impressive, really yeah. impressive. Very. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And so, well, um, I was just going to say, uh, and if you have something else to add, we'd love to hear it, but it is time almost to wrap this up. And I'd like our listeners to know how they can get a hold of you. Do you have a website? And we'll link that all in the comments too. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you more of a Facebook person, Instagram? You know, all of it. <laughs> hey, all right. I mean, I am mostly, I have got Instagram, um, Kristen Horde. I'm just at Kristen Horde. Uh, my website is kristenhorde.com. I'm also on Facebook. So if anyone wants to friend me, um, and I do have a, um, a page, but I mostly am posting to my profile because I seem to get more sales from my profile when I post things and, and more comments just mm -hmm. from my profile. Um, and, um, yeah. And so that heart, there's, there's some video on my website or on, on Instagram. Instagram is the, the easiest thing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and did you guys, I just found out that you can actually schedule posts now on Instagram. I didn't know. Oh, that. nice. And so I have started, I've been trying like maybe Sunday, Monday, just sit down and do five posts and schedule it for every day of the week. And then I have to think about it. And then all of a sudden I'm getting my notifications. I'm like, oh, good. That post went out, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't want you all, but I struggle with trying to post every day. And so, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. I've been looking for off app solutions for that. So it's good to know that in app um, yeah. solution you might exists. Have the business account, um, but you go in when you do a reel or a post, you go down into advanced settings. It's not evident in there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I am fascinated with your art. And I might have to get a piece one of these days. So yeah, let me know. You know, there's artist discounts. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's It's been really fun. Yeah. It yeah. can't believe an hour's gone by. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Right. So inspiring. Thank you so much, Kristen. Thank you, ladies. All right. Well, have a great day. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.